Welcome to Accounting High. I will, I will boast, or I will post about that on Twitter post all day. Post and post. Post and post. <laughs> That's a post good one. Post and post. <laughs> post and post. So Jamie, she started it. Jamie O'Kane, Abundant Beans. She has a podcast. Oh, cool. She Let's, is. Uh, we are the same type. We're both type ones. We figured out, and we're like the same personality, like kind of frank. And she was like. Kind of my style is like I am charging for these new client consultations because I'm I'm an expert in this and I value my time. If you don't, I don't want to work with you. And so she has a good she's she's pretty niched out. I think she works with vets specifically, and she charges a lot more for her new client, but she does a lot more. May I have your attention, please? Welcome to Accounting High. It's freshman year at a brand new school. Here, we have no rules in place as we're on a mission to set our own traditions. So hang tight and learn with us as we grow. At Accounting High, you can expect to gain knowledge in a completely different way than what you may be used to with some fun and oftentimes colorful conversations. Whether you loved high school or you hated it, here's your chance to be a part of an unforgettable experience redone. While you're here, don't forget to follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be listening to us right now so you don't miss out on any new episodes. And feel free to leave us a five-star review letting us know how the school year is treating you. In addition, share this episode on social media tagging us at Accounting High. So sit back, relax, and open your mind because class is in session. I repeat. May I have your attention, please? This is another public service announcement brought to you in part by Accounting High. The views and events expressed here are of the next generation of accounting and tech professionals leading this space. The events and suggestions are not to be taken lightly. Children should not partake in the listening of this podcast. Anything else? Yeah. So without further ado, Scott Scarano and Jamie O'Kane. We're going to have a problem here. Class is in session. Oh, man. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> you weren't ready for class to be in session or so, just all of those clips? Just all of them. But that's yeah. that's awesome. My buddy cool. Logan. Well, yeah. that So that was recorded back in May, mm-hmm. I think. I just released the episode like last week or a couple oh, wow. weeks ago. Yeah. That's the lag between episodes. And <laughs> between that time, that's when I, he first, he mentioned you. Mm-hmm. I found you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We met. Mm-hmm. And now we're recording. So it'll be May this, when we release is, your episode. This yeah, is it'll our be a full third, third, third scheduled recording. We finally third made it ske- happen. Well, yeah, yeah. That was partly my fault. We <laughs> had a couple I? of, yeah. We had to move stuff around. A couple no cancellations. But we're here now. That's what mm-hmm. matters. We're, we're recording. We're in the moment. So I'm, I'm glad. That you're on, I think you're you're the perfect guest for this because you're a professional anyway. You you have your own podcast and it's we great. Have my moments, yeah. Actually, yeah. we haven't been recording much. We're um, we've been doing the podcast for a really long time. We actually ran a bunch of reruns this last year, so we're going to take it in a different direction. I'm not sure how different direction, but just kind of got to the point where you know, kind of get sick of stuff. I'm like, eh, let's do yeah. something else. Oh well, that's story of my life mm-hmm. i already basically have turned this into a new direction it was mm-hmm. the sons of cpas and right now it's accounting high 
I, I give it four years before it's accounting you. So this is freshman year. Um, oh, we're, freshman uh, year. You know, I have we, we, a freshman. You do? Yes, yes. I have a sophomore. Yeah, that's part of the whole like tie-in here. Mm-hmm. That's something, right? Don't we remember high school? You're about my age, I think. Yeah, I'm 42. 42, all right, 39. Yeah. So about. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. That's always weird when you got a kid going through something that you you, you can remember. Like the younger ages, we don't remember that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, really young kids. It's like middle school and up, I remember, I think more specifically. Well, it's a good time. Yeah. So yeah, no, tell me what you remember time. from middle school and high school from your early ages. Because I always start out early. You know, how did, how did you get into what you do now? How did you get into accounting? Did it start in those younger ages? So my mom... My mom always did like accounting work, like an organizational work. I was taught how to balance my checkbook. Like mm-hmm. I, my parents gave me an account and I had to balance my, my mom like made us balance our checkbooks every month. So that's probably where it started. I've always been into puzzles. I always Ooh. say accounting's, accounting's not math, it's puzzles. It's Ooh. number puzzles. So I've always been really into puzzles and matching and, you know, those matching games. I'm all about it. Um, ever since I was little, I used to like ask my mom to like set it up for me. Like all the time I was like two or three, she wrote like, she's like, you used to do this. Like I would have her set up the matching game for me. And then I just do it over and over and over and over again. So yeah, so I've always been into it. And then I didn't know what I wanted to do when I went into college and I hopped around a bunch until I took my first accounting class and I went, oh, so this is the thing that clicks. That this makes is sense. It. And I was teaching all my, you know. Oh my the other students how to do stuff and um yeah, it just logically made sense. The, it was a number of puzzles. Mm-hmm. So it's it all sense. that's all it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once you like it just comes naturally too and, and then you, I almost I, I would take it for granted that that was stuff was so easy. Like I think I placed out of most of the math classes. I can't do mm-hmm. simple math. I can't mm-hmm. like I still don't know my multiplication tables. I can't memorize no. math in my head plus what? Oof, I'm sorry, please what? no. Yeah, I need to use my fingers or something. But we've got, I mean, we've, we've got built-in tools all mm-hmm. around us now mm-hmm. for that. And we used to as well. We used to have our right. TI-83s, right? Right. TI-87s. I forget what the... Yeah, I don't. I, don't I mean, and I'm like, you can't do plus, minus, divide, and times, because that's pretty much all the math we use. Yeah. But but it's the concepts, though. It's like it, ge- geometry, algebra, mm-hmm. stat, like all that stuff just kind of came to me easy. I placed mm-hmm. out of it in college, and then I wanted to go do the creative stuff in college. Mm-hmm. But you've got a creative mind, too, I think. I do. Like, <laughs> I, I see that, yeah. Very much, and I think that's why what we do beyond the plus and minus and divide mm-hmm. um, is the fun stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's the fun stuff for us. That's where the impact is for our clients, um, and it's fun for us when we get to create impact. So yeah. it's pretty easy once you get to the point where it's not just zeros and ones it's you know how do we make the zeros and ones do what we want them to do well is this a programming class or is this a <laughs> we... yeah i mean people are just like oh it's just debits and credits i'm like yeah but what information are the debits and credits giving us yeah. it's really what's important to the client it's all ones and zeros when you get down to it mm-hmm. we're all Pretty broken much. down we can break us all down into ones and zeros <laughs> so you, you unlocked your superpower early mm-hmm. on you figured it out and then did you have like an, an idea of what you were going to do with that? 
No, I really liked my auditing classes, and I thought I wanted to do audit. Um, and then, you know, I just kind of hopped around. I was in a company that does construction loan audits, basically, or they do like the, you know, the build outs where they do the draws and all that, which is really interesting because we were like calculating percentage, you know, dollars per square foot and like, does this make sense? And that's just what they do. So that was, that was interesting. And then I just, I ended up in a small tax firm, you know, okay. I would drive to the clients and get their checks, their handwritten checks and come back and enter it into the system. And um, I had a great manager who like reviewed all my journal entries <laughs> and all the financials I did, you know, and was really like helpful in helping me like figure out how the numbers work. And even in that job, I did this payroll. It was a nine windy store, an Arizona franchise. Um, and the people that did it before me, it took them like two days. This was a weekly payroll. So they mm -hmm. took two days a week to do this payroll. What was complex about it? What was the... It's just... So every manager would send a different spreadsheet <laughs> and they would hide the skills and all had to be entered into Mass 90. It was like this whole process. Um, but I got it down to four hours. So it took me four hours a week to get it done. Um, because I was just like, this is ridiculous. You know, and I'm on the other end, like yelling at the managers, like, stop with my, my spreadsheets. I need you to knock it off. Yeah. Um, and we got it down to four hours and they're like, oh my God, this is the first time this has ever been profitable. I'm like, why are we doing it? <laughs> if it's never been profitable, why, why, why is it even on my plate? Well, that's um, payroll in general. I think a lot of people used to think of it as a loss leader because it's sticky. We don't do it. Payroll can be, prof it, you, it can be profitable, but like you said, some people just don't do it. I refuse. Yeah. Well, all right, so then you figure you figure, start to figure things out, mm -hmm. and you're working pretty close. When you're working at a small firm, you get to pretty much do a lot. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're wearing a lot more hats. You're working directly with clients, I'm sure. Yeah, and then um, and then we moved, um, and I ended up in Where'd a... Uh, so I, we were in Colorado Springs, um, and so we moved off, back up to the Denver area, and I got a job at a more meet, small medium firm that really did a lot more of the consulting work, the tax planning. It was def definitely more of a consulting-based firm than anything I'd ever worked in before. Um, How's that transition? So It was good. Yeah. It was really good. I learned so much. Technically, I learned a ton, but also how to help clients, you know, what's important to them and how to deal with them. And I ended up being the tax manager, honestly, just kind of by default. <laughs> Okay. The other one left, and I was like the the most senior person. So I was like, oh, Jamie, you're the tax manager. Is like, awesome. So really, it was a more consulting based firm, and I just loved that consulting stuff. And yeah, I mean, I kind of hopped around a little bit after that, and then I was like, I was so actually. What type of consulting? What were uh, you doing? It was more tax planning. Okay. Tax planning. Um, we helped with a few. I helped with a few like financial reviews for um for acquisitions and sales and. You know, there's a good mix of things that I got to have my hands in financially and on the tax side. So you're working with the owners and doing mm -hmm. their tax plans yeah, outside of the business. business. So, yeah, mm -hmm. dope. All small, okay. all small businesses and their owners. And um, was, it, is, was it any particular industry or was it just any of them? Mm -mm, it was everything. Okay. So it was like everything from construction to restaurants to service providers to real estate. I really got to touch all of it. Yeah. Which is yeah, really definitely. cool. Definitely, because then it also figures out what you like. Mm -hmm. So then how yeah. does that parlay into abundant beans? So I left there. I could not do tax season anymore. The way that we were doing it, I had two tiny little kids. 
um, and I was done. <laughs> I was burnt yeah. out. Mm-hmm. So I actually ended up in working in a family office. Um, so um, I like to say I worked in the family office of Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Not Scrooge from the Christmas Carol, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck from like DuckTales. Yeah, no, I mm-hmm. definitely know Scrooge mm-hmm. McDuck. Yeah. So I, I helped Scrooge. I, uh, Dad entered uh, Scrooge McDuck's tax returns in the family office for a year. And it Did was he have a safe? Miserable. I don't know, I'm sure. This man has more money than anybody ever should. Um, and it was miserable. Yeah. You know, I wasn't helping anybody right. <laughs> in that situation. And so at that time, I had somebody who I had talked to about doing contract work call me. And then also a colleague who needed help call me, like literally like the same day. And I was like, okay, I'm out. So I hopped. And it took, let's see, how long have we been in? I've been open 10 years almost now. Oh, wow. We netched two, three years ago, like two and a half years well, that's, ago. I want to I slow into that. That's, yeah, uh, we that's can. That's a pretty important part of the it conversation. Is, it yeah. is. Um, and I just was like, you know, I want to go back to helping small businesses. Like, I want to go back to helping doing the people. public accounting. Mm-hmm. Doing what you're really good at, what you love, mm-hmm. and helping people. That's where you really find some purpose. That's yeah, you find and it's why. really, yeah, what are people's goals and how do we help them get there? Like, how do we, you know, how can we use our knowledge to to help them? You know, and there's a lot of different ways we can do that. As I went on into my you get own me firm, energized though, about my firm again. <laughs> as I went into my own firm, though, I also became a birth doula. Um, a I birth wanted, doula. Yeah, I wanted to be That's a birth dope. doula. So birth doulas are like, I like to say, they're like golf caddies. <laughs> I kind of know birth. what a birth doula is. For birth. Because we, we went to not, a birthing center for our first daughter, but that was 15 years ago. Yeah, I don't so really remember. It's yeah. not medical. Basically, it's physical, inter- informational, and um, emotional support. Spiritual, emotional. Yeah. So I you know, was kind of doing that at the same time. But let's be real. I've always been a doula. Um, I've always been that person that's, you know, there for people. Okay. And, you know, helping them make decisions and the non-judgmental support and all that. It just pretty much is what I've always done. The accounting people are like, those are really different. I'm like, they're really not. They're just a different application. Yeah. You're <laughs> you probably know? doing that within your firm right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually went down. So our clients are all over the country. I was actually in Texas a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, oh. I could do hands-on. Like, it's not just... Hands-on doula. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, we don't really do hands-on because we're remote, but right. I got to do hands-on. So, um, yeah. How was that? It was awesome. It was like, awesome. We love our clients so much, and it was just awesome to, you know, be in person with yeah. one of them. I mean, I almost think I would I would use that time to just hang out with them, like, go I out did. or do something yeah, I did. I mean, you don't yeah, really well, need to actually do anything well we had some meetings we had to be at but we did a lot of hanging out and i was i hung out in the in the practice when i could Ooh. and you know it was kind of an in and out but um, as much as i could i was just we just hung out that right. was cool so look going back to like start in the firm early mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. what like why start your own firm i had a couple contract jobs so it just kind of happened Um, and then, you know, one of the contract jobs was really just, I call it a tax shop. That's all they did. That's all they did was go in and do taxes, you know, a couple days a week for them. And it was miserable. (laughs) 
it was, oh, we're doing S-Corps. You want me to just make him an S-Corp? You don't want to talk to the client? About, oh, okay. Okay, cool. You're going to, no, okay. They're just, it wasn't, it wasn't helping clients. It was just during data entry. Right. So. You're uh, just the middle person between mm-hmm. the IRS and the, mm-hmm. the money. Which is. Which is fine, you know, I'm actually pretty stinking good at doing tax returns. It's just not helping the client in any way, shape, or form. And you said that earlier, if you're not helping anybody, you're miserable. Mm-hmm, pretty much. So um, I knew at that time that I was going to be starting my own thing, and I didn't really know what that was going to look like. But I did know it would be more on the tax planning consulting at some point, Some, you know, how do we help people? Um, so we ended up, you know, I ended up, you know, networking, joining groups, you know, taking on clients, whatever. And we were just really ended up with a mixed bag of clients and we just weren't very good at helping anybody effectively. When did it become we, when did you hire your first employee? Um, actually my mom was my first Ah. employee. She's still with us. She does the bookkeeping. She does a lot of the bookkeeping for her clients. Well, Um, she's also the one who got you started. So she did. So it's kind of her fault. (laughs) Well, earlier you said we, and she would, she would we, you, so you had siblings? I do have siblings. Did any mm-hmm. of them go into accounting as well? No, my, uh, my full brother is a rocket engineer. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that's another podcast where we go into what that even does or means. That sounds, <laughs> I don't that know. Sounds I like rocket science. I have Kind of no sounds idea. like rocket science. Yeah. He's a mechanical engineer and then he ended up working in rocket somehow. Okay. I don't, no, I I don't ask curious. questions. Because if with a group of kids and, you know, if you have that predisposed, because I can see it in my youngest daughter, mm-hmm. how she is with her toys and the way she mm-hmm. organizes stuff and the way she color codes everything. You can, you can mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. who's going to end up becoming an accountant. Yeah, I think you can. The other side of that, though, is are they creative? Right. Right. People are like, oh, my, you must be super organized. I'm like, mm. not really. I mean, yeah, it can be. In some ways. Yeah, it can be. But I'm also yeah. ADHD, so it just kind of depends on what was... Where you fall in that spectrum. What was fun to organize up that one yeah. time. <laughs> and then it's done. And then, then it's done and nothing it else again. is organized yeah. for a while, you know? So Yeah. I can relate to that is. in so many ways. So, yeah. Yeah. so you got your mom with you. She was your first mm-hmm. employee, and was it like... What was your what was your plan there? Like, was this going to be a big business? Did you want to just supplement the income at the house? I always like I always wanted a boutique firm. Like, okay. that was always going to be the thing. So it wasn't always about growth and growing no. to be the biggest. Yeah. No, it was never about quantity. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, you know, you take what you take. Right. You know. And you um, had kind of have a mixed bag of clients. Mm-hmm, yeah, so we had a mixed bag. And then, you know, we kind of swam, you know, kind of swam around there. I like, I was in a bunch of networking groups. I was in masterminds and everybody's like, you got to pick a niche. You got to pick a niche. You got to pick a niche. I'm like, but I don't really like anybody enough to have a ton of them, you know, right. like, especially like my engineers, no, thank you. Construction, like, you know, like I'm like going through the ones we have and I'm like, I just don't. I don't know. None so of them like, just kind of do it for working me. Working with certain types of people. This is what I keep getting back from my mm-hmm. team. And this is what I kind of was saying over the time too, because we have not niched mm-hmm. is there's certain types of people you like to work with, but it's not an industry type, or at least that's what they keep falling back on. I'm like, we need to pick an industry. Yeah. What do we like? And, and I think, so what it really came down to for us and for me is who do we work best with? Um, mm-hmm. And really, 
we work best with really just good people who want to take care of other people, right? Because that's who okay. we are. Type A's, you know, those entrepreneurs, um, they might do what they well, do. Well, Logan said type one in that. I don't know what type one is. Oh, that's the A. Enneagram. Yeah. Enneagram, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. Yeah. Very direct, very, yeah. A1. You're an yeah. A1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it was really, though, you know, the entrepreneurial types, we want them to be good people. So I want to take care of people, but also be wanting to build their own little empires because I wanted to do tax planning. Sure. We wanted to do growth consulting. And a friend of mine was like, what about veterinarians? Because, you know, dentists is always the one. Dentists. And I'm like, eh, I don't really like dentists. I mean, I like them fine, but not to have like a bunch of them. Sure. And that's really what it came down to. And so I started talking. There's actually a lot of veterinary stuff here in Colorado. CSU is one of the bigger veterinary schools. It's just where I went. A lot of the consultants are here. Um, and then Denver area. And so I just went out to my network and I said, who could you introduce me to that works in the vet space? And so I started talking to people in the vet space and they're like, veterinarians need accountants that will talk to them. <laughs> you know, that'll break stuff down for them because they really are experts in what they do. Um, and I would say that, that'll talk to you is rare. Yeah. And I think, and they're MacGyvers too, yeah. you know, they're really they're 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 more interesting than people doctors because they have to MacGyver things. Sometimes they have to figure stuff out, and a lot of them come from entrepreneurial backgrounds. Like their parents are entrepreneurs, or they grew up on firms or something. There's some kind of entrepreneurial something in their background, so that's helpful. And a lot of them just don't know what they don't know, but they do want to grow. And like the accounting space, you know, they're learning how to be more efficient. They're learning how to make money. They're learning, you know, there's a lot of parallels. I always say there's a lot of parallels. You know, they have a hard time hiring. Like it's always just all the stuff, right? It's very interesting where the parallels are. They do have like somewhat of an inventory, I guess, if they handle the meds. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. that's something different. But it's mostly professional services. Right. Mostly. Yeah. And so, and I went to Vet Partners, which is like one of the bigger people, like groups of people who serve veterinarians or serve in the space in the industry and everything they're talking about. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is like, it's literally an accounting conference, like (laughs) just take out, you know, (laughs) vet tech and put in, you know, staff accountant and it's the same. Yeah. Um, So So it's something, you know, and you're kind of familiar yeah. with do you have pets too do you have a lot I do. of pets i okay. do and at that time when my friend had i said well what about veterinarians we had just gone through this whole thing with our golden retriever he we found him having seizures and like and i was like these are like the best people ever like they were yeah. so good to us and they were such good people and they were so sweet to us and i was like you know what what about veterinarians <laughs> yeah. and so you know i just started asking around like what There's do they another do? Unlock. Yeah. Like another like light bulb. Yeah. yeah, it totally was. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Let's go. So I'm one of those people that might take a long time to make a decision. But once I'm in like Hell yeah. full bore, mm-hmm. full bore, we are you. doing mm-hmm. the thing. So and nobody can stop you. Yeah. Nobody can tell you nothing at that yeah, point. Yeah, you can't yeah. tell me. You can't tell me anything. Like yeah. I will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not afraid to figure stuff out as I go. Sure. You know, we're constantly, even with like, so we do a lot of, a lot of our clients do monthly consulting and one of them asked for like a cash break even. And I was like, 
Hmm. And so like out. I created it and like we're and now we're giving it to everybody and they love it. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna client test for this. So we're just gonna try it with everybody. What's a cash and break even? Basically we just go through and it's just like what do you like what do you the need minimum. to minimum? Yeah, what do you need to make every day? It's like a daily, like what do our daily sales need to be to break even? Like to make all of our loan payments, to yeah. hit all of our fix of costs, all of that. Because that's really helpful for them, right? Because then they can be like, oh, we got a daily sales goal now. Your zero line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because my client, you know, they're like, well, can I hire? Or if I have this person in here while I'm out of on vacation, am I making money? Right? So, so it's really almost like a financial model. It is. You're putting together. It is. And that's what she asked for. And I was like, let's see. Let's see if that helps. And I love it. But it's just also like, I'm not afraid to be like, hmm, I don't know. Let's see if I can figure it out. Which I think and if somebody else has done it, you sure as hell can. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And also, like, I'm not afraid to get it wrong. Like, uh, like, uh, like every other month, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm still, I'm still iterating. We're still iterating. It was, mm -hmm. I'm still iterating on this thing, but it's still helpful for the client, regardless if, it, if it's 100%. And I think that's what I find when I mentor other accounts is like they're afraid to be wrong. Yeah. Right. And I think we get to this point where it's just like, you know, Anything I can slap together, it's still better than what the client would do. Right. On their own. It's hard for us to tell ourselves that because we're so used to things being right. Right. And everything we work with is a puzzle that fits right. when it's right. And so why do something that's uncertain or that's not like proven? Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel you like this is this is a big struggle that I struggle with, but definitely my team too. Like they mm -hmm. don't like asking questions that don't have answers and they don't like being at, like doing something that doesn't have a right or wrong answer. Mm -hmm. They don't like playing those gray areas. Yeah. And I think, I think if we get to the point and like what I'm trying to do with, with my staff is I will never be mad if you didn't like for you asking a question and not understanding how something works. I will only be mad if you don't ask. Right. So the only thing that frustrates me is people who flounder without asking the questions. Right. I don't think you're like, I'm only mad if you don't ask the question, you know, or try to interpret something instead of just going back to the client and ask him, what the hell are you asking me here? What, mm -hmm. what do you want? What is what is this question? Um, so really, the vet, you know, veterinarians are just these. They're just these really good peeps, like they're so sweet. They're so amazing. And a lot of them graduate. And within a couple of years, want to go out on their own and start their own businesses at some point. It's very, mm -hmm. very common um, for them to be entrepreneurs yeah. and for them to be business owners. So, and you start to see why reinforcing your decision too. As mm -hmm. you keep doing it, you start to see more and more reasons mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why you want to work with them and continue doing that. And mm -hmm. specifically, we work with women. Um, we okay. have we have male clients, but we really we really target women. Lead with the feminine. Yeah, we do because they are more commonly wanting to build sustainable practices. Um, Honestly, when I think of vet, I always think of female anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think what, you know, we're really, they, they graduate at much higher rates. Um, but really the thing is this. Why is that? I don't know, but they want, they don't want that 80 hour a week die, you know, okay. die at their desk situation, which again, parallels, right? They want sustainable practices. And, you know, a part of the reason that I run my, practice the way I run it is so that we can model for our clients what sustainable services look like. And you can 
take tips from them and apply it to your practice. Mm-hmm. If somebody's doing something really cool, and they or can do obviously, it that way. Mm-hmm. yeah, if somebody's doing something really cool, you apply that to your other clients mm-hmm. too. You know, I think one of the biggest thing I ever learned as a parent is modeling. Mm. You know, model what you want your children to do. Model how you want them to behave, model how you want them to argue, model how, you know, modeling, right? And I can't tell you how many times I've raised my prices and had clients be like, thank you, because I was like thinking about raising my prices and like I just wasn't quite ready until you raised your price and then I raised mine. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Fabulous. It's not, it's never a do as I say, not as I do mm-hmm. with kids too. It never works mm-hmm. like that. It doesn't they because they see Always you. do what you do. Yes. Yeah. Actions are what speak. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people will bang their head against the wall because they, I told them 15 times to do this. Well, if you're not doing it, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's huge. And so, you know, I really have learned that if I can model these things, especially as I don't really consider myself an influencer in the influencer in the industry. I would like to be. You are to Logan. I am to Logan. Yeah. <laughs> we love our Logan. Sweet, sweet Logan. Sweet, sweet Logan. But if I can model a more sustainable practice model, then hopefully, you know, others will see that and make changes. That's um, actions. And they are. I've been pushing the paid consult stuff for two or three years now. That's dope. And Tom Gorzinski just did it. <laughs> Not too long ago. And I was like, yes. Oh my gosh. Huge win. Right. Like, I don't know. For me, I think it's just so important that we model these, you know, you know, stop talking about, you know, how do we charge for work and let's charge for everything. Let's just do it. Yeah. It's not that hard. Paid consults were game It's changer. a big unlock. All of these things. Mm-hmm. You, that's my word of the day is unlock. Mm-hmm. Which I had a, another guest on earlier and that's what she said. And now, mm-hmm. now I'm just uh, using it all up. Uh, using it up i like so it. yeah set the stage a little bit more too so you got mm-hmm. your firm about 10 years mm-hmm. give me numbers top line number of employees what's your take home and mm-hmm. oh. how do you well that's that's a, something that most i feel like you would answer it some people don't yeah no i'm happy to yeah. i just i actually honestly don't because this is right at the end of the year too so this yeah, is a let good me look. timing i think yeah. we did so we so one of our big ins into the veterinary space was employee retention credits. Ooh. We started doing employee retention credits about this time last year, specifically for veterinary. Okay. A lot of them missed out because a lot of how them many, had government government restrictions. Right. So how many clients do you have? How many vet clients? You're asking questions and not answers to. It's all right. Sorry. Right. Um. So I think we're at 15 veterinary practices. And how many total clients do you have? Because that, that was going to be one of my next questions is when you decided to go into 24 maybe? 24 total or another, yeah, so, like another 10? Okay. So those are client relationships. So we count them based on client relationships. Mm-hmm. So those are the, the businesses and their owners. Okay. I can actually go in and tell you exactly yeah. how many. We're waiting for everybody to sign there agreements still so if an owner has two businesses is that two relationships depends if there are other partners then it is okay if not then um and it depends on the size of the other business if it's like a side hustle or legit well yeah a lot of them a lot of our veterinarians have a practice and then real estate um okay 
And sometimes, a lot of the time, they're partnerships with their spouses for no mm -hmm. reason. Yeah. I'm working on that. <laughs> the real estate ones are partnerships with the spouses or the Yeah, don't practices? get me started. The okay. real estate. I don't know why that, that resonates because I, I have a vet client and she has a real estate thing, partnership with the spouse. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I'm like, you're going to have to split it up if you get divorced anyway. Like, why do we need to file a partnership return? I don't know. Everybody thinks that everything's being split will prevent a divorce, maybe. Yeah, we're creating, you know, creating LLCs for no business. Um, yeah. Okay. So let me see. Top line. So there are five of us in the firm. Me, my practice manager, Emily, who does HR. She does some podcast stuff. She's kind of my personal assistant. Courtney, who is our newest bookkeeping hire. And then my mom still works for us doing bookkeeping. I'm still doing tax work, unfortunately. You still doing all the tax work? Yes, unfortunately, that okay. is the case. Courtney does some individual data entry for me, um, but our big bottleneck right now is getting the the bookkeeping done. Okay. The way that we do it, which is about ten hours per client for okay. the veterinary, so it's pretty you go deep. It's pretty heavy, so that's kind of our current. That's our current bottleneck. That's what I've been working on. I have ideas, stuff and things we're kind of working on. Well, we can we can get into that. That's yeah. Cool. All right. Top line for this year was five something. Us accountants, we always have to be as exact as we can. We can't just throw a number out there because then it might not be right. <laughs> uh, $470,440.21. So about half a million. We're going to round half. up. We're definitely hitting a half this year. Okay. And that's 22. So we do everything on recurring. Okay. So that's 22 recurring 22 clients. 22K or 22 clients. 22 clients, I yeah. think. I don't yeah. ask me about the math or how much that is a month. I know. I, we, I know nothing. Yeah. Our average fee is 1700 a month. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's. Yeah. It's about 40000 a month. Um, our goal every year is to double mm -hmm. um, the recurring. Really? Well, Double yeah, because we started the, at the recurring. Okay. The MRR. Double what you already have? Well, yeah, so double what was signed at the beginning of the year before. So okay. I had 10,000 two years ago, and then we okay. went to 20, and now we're going to be at 45, I think. At some point, signed. that doubling won't make sense. No, 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 no. But that was yeah. that was the goal. Until you got there, and that's that pushes everything else along the way. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how about um, margins? Because I know that firms that are niche that go deep, you got five people, your margins are probably pretty good. Um, you know, you would think so, but I spent a lot of money advertising <laughs> in software. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I so my salary is one ten. Okay. It'll be one fifty next year, without the profit sharing because I it's not in here yet. Uh thirty five percent. Okay. These are all good numbers and that's, that's pretty, so that's 35 is pretty standard for what mm -hmm. I see in the industry. A lot and, more if you add me back. Right. Well, well, you should add yourself back. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that as far as what you're, you're the hundred percent owner. So, I am. so this is, this is really cool. I love that you're giving the numbers cause that, you know, really makes it easier 50, for 58% 58 with you yeah. adding yourself back. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, because we we've always we've done recurring revenue for seven or eight years we've mm -hmm. done monthly payments um i think we were one of the first ones isn't it 
do that. Isn't that so much easier? Well, I've been doing it for maybe like 12 years. Good. A little bit more, yeah. Good, but, but most people are very like, what? Well, Hopefully. everybody's getting there. Ron's helping move everybody along. And now, and now Ron's like, so now let's talk about subscription pricing. You're I'm like, doing that though, but you're already doing that. I know. And I was like, that's not new, Ron. <laughs> yeah, it's not new. Uh, and then I took about 100,000 in distributions this year. Okay. So, so, so let's talk about that because he uses a lot of doctors as examples or mm-hmm. he uses there's this new like type Conci- of doctor. The concierge docs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Concierge docs. You're like a concierge accountant mm-hmm. for these. They're paying you one flat monthly price mm-hmm. and it basically includes everything. Is mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you said we got to be charging for everything too. So tell right. me what you charge for outside of what they're paying for monthly. So we don't. So what's included in our monthlies is our bookkeeping services, which is actually a separate monthly than our package services. And then within our package services, um, we do tax projections every year for all of our clients, unlimited, unlimited emails and chats. Like they can grab a 15 minute chat anytime. Mm-hmm. The tax returns are in there. And then depending on the package, sometimes we'll do, we do yearly goal planning with all of our clients. We sent them down and just, what do you want for the year? You know, let's mm-hmm. give it, get, get you some maximum action items. And then our top tier includes monthly. So we do monthly budgets and projections and meetings with the top tier clients. That's where you do that break even. Mm-hmm. That's where we're doing those break evens. That's where we're talking action items. We're talking pain points. We're talking what do the numbers look like. You include um, the personal returns in there too, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. We want to do How do you scope too. that out in the beginning? Uh, we generally know the client, um, but, uh, you know, as scope changes, we you know, unless there's a major scope change, we're not going and making changes in the middle right. of the year. Like unless they buy a new real estate. Right. Like unless something major happens, um, then, then we'll rescope. But we scope those out by how many tax returns do you have? How many meetings do you want? Do you want those monthly consulting services? It's pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, no, and then, dope. you know, anytime there's really anything largely out of scope, you know, I need so more projections. I need... You know, startup projections. I need tax planning. I need X, Y, Z. Then that's separate. I love it. Yeah. So, what's your target? So, you're you said you're spending money on advertising. Mm-hmm. Too. What where what areas are you spending advertising? I honestly don't touch any of them. Okay. Well, that's all right. That's, that's we have good the people. To not know. Yeah, yeah, we I have the people for that. Um, mostly, we're just repurposing the podcast okay. and getting that that out and and rolling, and then. A lot of it was the advertising around the employee retention credits in the veterinary So it's space. like you're, you're putting yourself as a, a figurehead and as a speaker, mm-hmm. you know, through the podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go to any of the conferences, speak there? I do not, and I haven't yet. I think, I don't know, I'm not quite ready for, like, I have a little bit of agoraphobia still with COVID. Sure. So I'm not ready for big conferences yet, but I'd love you to. Have, you still have your mask on on your pictures too, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not ready for that many people yet. I've been, I'm on the Intuit Tax Council, so I've been to, you know, Intuit Tax Council oh, meetings. Oh, All right. So um, that was yeah. with Keats and Randy Crabtree and a handful yeah. of those others. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I went to the Intuit Tax Advisor Summit. I've got my, my Yeti right here. Dope. With mm-hmm. my name on that. it. I have. Yeah, that is amazing what they did for that. They they really went went hard. I keep telling Kelly, any, I, I, like, I have like five Yetis from them. 
So, you know, I've been going to those like smaller things, um, but I'm just not quite ready for conferences yet. But yes, I'd love to. And really the pay, you know, the game changers for us have been the paid consults. Right. You know, the paid consults, you know, picking a niche and then trying to figure out how to, how to help those clients. Like you don't really have to specifically know, you still know more than they do. Right. (laughs) Well, and you don't have to even have to discount it like that because you still do know a lot compared mm-hmm. to the next accountant because mm-hmm. the next accountant isn't just working with vets. Right. So and I think, and it's really interesting because we keep getting these clients that have been working with the vets, vet specific, specific accountants. <laughs> and they're terrible too. And they're terrible too. Yeah. Because they're still using metrics from 20 years ago. Right. You know, they're like, Oh, what, who's, who's selling anymore. the invoice? Yeah. What, so, so how do you keep up with new trends in the industry? You know, I think, you know, I do you have a lot any of, industry newsletters. Do you pay attention? Yeah. To I mean, yeah. we just kind of, I kind of watch, but it really is kind of like, once I get my fingers into stuff, I kind of make my own, my own rules. Right. So I'm okay. all about making my own rules and what's important to our clients. So when the client's like, Oh, what's our cash break even? I don't know. Let's figure out if we can figure that out right. and see if that's important to you. Right. So what does your daily sales need to be to cover your expenses? Um, and, and your loan payments and, you know, all your liabilities, cause they need to know those things. Cause that's, what's important to them. Cause then they can be like, here's our daily target sales. You know, I think for us, the big thing for us is helping our clients find the holes. Like, where's the hole in the business? Why are you not profitable? Um, and that's why we do the books the way we do the books for veterinary. It's like a hybrid cash accrual because that's what tells us How's the, the stories. What do you do hybrid? So we do AR on hybrid and then the cost of goods on hybrid. So anything like large invoice stuff, we're going to probably start doing payroll too as well. Just something earlier on that you stayed away from? No, not doing payroll. We're just doing payroll accruals. So those will be the big ones really Um, because a lot of veterinary accounting is cash basis, which is not helpful for anybody. Because then we have no idea what their it is um, for the tax gross, return. What their gross profit percentages is. We had a client who came to us. She had been doing weekly consulting with a veterinary consultant. Oh wow! Um, based on cash-based numbers, and she couldn't figure out. And they couldn't figure out why she wasn't profitable. We did the bucks for three months, and I went, "You have an inventory problem." It's like I think you have a pricing problem too, but let's start with the inventory problem. It's always a pricing problem. You can always mm-hmm. go there first because mm-hmm. everybody can always raise their prices. Always. But I knew that the consultant I was sending her to would help her with part sure. of their pricing problem, which is how are we pricing the inventory? So I was like, let's start there. So do you have some back pocket consultants that you work with? Absolutely. So, um, so we have Nicole Glesson who does the inventory stuff. Uh, we have Rachel Amwell who does just laboratory efficiencies. And then, you know, we some we have some other like basic consultants for sales and purchases and acquisitions and stuff oh, like that great. that we will pull in, just kind of depending. Um, but we also do projected financials. We do startup financials, um, things like that to help get the startup going mm-hmm. um, and getting the lending going. So we've, you know, taken some of those consulting pieces, but I can't walk into a, I can't walk into a practice and be like, oh, here's the inventory problem. No, we just send those. The, those go to experts that deal with that stuff. So you don't do everything yourself, which is what you just said. 
mm-hmm. is you trying to figure it all out yourself. You know where to stop. Mm-hmm. You know what your limits are. Yeah, that, we that, know was, that was my yeah. concern when you said that. Yeah. Oh, no. No, 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 no. We do what we can with the numbers. Once we have our fingers in things, we can find the numbers will tell us a story. Yes. And whatever the numbers, whatever story the numbers tell us, that's where we go to solve problems and issues and workflows and things like that. Or what the client tells us is a problem. They know, too. Yeah. You know, if they're like, pretty sure I have an inventory problem, I'm like, great, here's Nicole's info. Talk to Nicole. Sometimes they have an intuition and they know what the problem is. And then sometimes also, like, do you have your go-to, the things that you look directly at first because they have blind spots on certain things? Mm-hmm. I would say... It's those bigger processes that maybe haven't been tackled recently because they're mm-hmm. just so big and they don't have time, which is, again, kind of goes back to the inventory, right? So all of our clients this year, like I sat them all down and I'm like, like every meeting we had, I was like, you're doing a year-end inventory. Don't mess with me on this. <laughs> it's getting done um, because we all need to start a better place and make sure that moving forward while we're doing our consulting that, you know, we have good numbers. So really just kind of pinning them on these action items that need to be done and holding them accountable for them. I need that. I have coaches that hold me accountable. Tell me about your coaches. So my my big one is Travis Baird. He works, he does, it's called Mindful Productive. Um, he's been on my, my podcast a few times. And he mostly just does, is very like goal-based, simple, productive pro- productivity as somebody who's ADHD you know all the all the t- tips and tricks and stuff just don't they just don't work for me because I'm a brat I'll make my own goals and then be like who do you think you are so <laughs> we never listen to ourselves I know. Come on. why would we do that so he does he holds me accountable to things but in a very like I was just thinking about that this morning that's mm-hmm. that's actually really cool because like, everybody needs somebody else to hold them accountable because mm-hmm. At least I know how I know how that is. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna pay attention to the that I thought I should have mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. two days ago. Yeah, exactly. And so, what was I thinking? Yeah, I work with him. I see him. So he's probably the coach I've worked with longest. You know, I've been in other mastermind groups and had other, had other coaches, but Travis, Travis has that the blend of keeping me accountable, but also having a lot of grace for me that I need. Um, and flexibility. Mm. And then also, like, do we need to switch our focus on, you know, what needs to be happening? But he's also very much like, fabulous job. Like, f- just, you know, he gives me the head pats I need. And he really kind of brings me back to, but look at all you have accomplished. Like, maybe it wasn't the stuff on the list, but tell me what you've been doing in the last two weeks. Because um, we're so hard on ourselves, right? We are, like, because we're always hit, just like, yeah. you know, forward thinking. This has been happening to me recently. I, you know, I hit a lot of marks and I do a lot of things, but then if I don't, if I'm not doing something right, then mm-hmm. I'm worthless. Like, exactly. what am I doing? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I'm never going to get to my goals. And he's like, do, do you see what you've built? Yeah. Like. Appreciate what we've got to what we've done. <laughs> yeah. Which is super helpful. Thing. You know, he's so got. So how do I meet Travis? I want, I want to, I want to meet him. Uh, it's mindfulproductive.com, I think. Otherwise. I'll Mindful you... productive. Yep. Or, Okay. Or I'll drop him in the chat for you. All right. Well, we can do that after too. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, he sounds good. We Maybe I'll have him come on. Does he work with accountants? I might be the only accountant he works with. And honestly, I'm going to be 100%. I don't know if he's still doing coaching. 
Oh, okay. I might be one of his only coaching clients still. Oh, cool. He and his wife also do website copy. They did the website copy for... Um, do you do his taxes? I don't. Oh, okay. Because I don't work with creatives. Um, right. Here's his website. It's mine. Yeah, it's mindfulproductive.com. All right. Cool. But they also do... I just like the name, too. I do, too. He's in Texas. He's in... Dallas, maybe? And they did so, the copy for the website from But that's beans. a big unlock is having a coach. A lot of people, a lot of business owners talk about that. The ones mm-hmm. that have done it mm-hmm. talk about it. And that's that's something that I think a lot of people get in their own way too when it comes to coaching or getting help because we think we know everything. Mm-hmm. So I think you found that real healthy balance of knowing what your limits are, but also having that confidence and that poise to know that you know enough and know mm-hmm. everything like and you can dive into things too. i think a lot of that it's curiosity right yeah. like i think you get to the point where it's okay not to know everything and to have a curiosity for you know what i can figure out right but also to know what's out of my scope again mm-hmm. like the inventory i can say you have an inventory problem but how that translated until it tra- translates into what your buy points are and all that I don't do cost accounting. It's not my right. problem, right? Um, yeah. But we have people who can help you with that because that's what they do. And I think the big thing for me has always been who are my outside eyes? So I've always been in mastermind groups or in networking groups or some kind of business building plus and or having a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a combination of those things. I've really settled on Travis at this point as my coach. I've been with him like three years now, which mm-hmm. was kind of a long time. How long you've been niching? Mm, yeah, maybe I had. Yeah, I was Travis before that. Then maybe four years. And you know, I always tell my clients like it's about who you have in your back pocket. Who are your outside eyes? Who are your advisors? And because I have people that help me with that, I have the capacity to do that for others. Who Who's the extension of you? Mm-hmm. Who are your extensions? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever used that phrase before, but yeah. Yeah, it's an extension of you know having those the ability to have those outside eyes and to slow everybody down for a minute and be like, let's look at what the business is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, let's look at those numbers. Tell me what's going on pain point wise and really holding people accountable to those. What needs to happen? All right. So tell me about the name abundant beans. Cause I love that. Thank you. Um, so when we started the podcast, um, I came up with abundant beans. I've always been the bean counter. If you ask my kids when I was little what I did, they'd say, mommy goes to yoga all day and counts beans. I did not go to yoga all day. I was like, wow, you think I'm at yoga all day? Just because you went <laughs> once? Probably. Yeah, I yeah. went once or twice. Um, so, you know, kids, kids, watching those I actions, right? Trust so, me, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always been about beans. Um, when I started, so when I started my business, I was doing the doula thing too. And I wanted my business to be beans and babes. We we're going to do beans on one side and babes on the other. Of course, that's kind of a liability issue. So we didn't do that. We didn't end up doing that. Is but it? something with beans in it at some point was what I wanted, you know, in my name. And beauty and beans. Beauty and beans. I don't know. Yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of options there with the beans. And at that time too, I was really getting to the point because it was just J E O K and C P A L L C because that's what I created because that yeah. was easy. Where that's I really what you're was, supposed to do, right? Yeah. You're supposed to put your name on it. Yeah, and I was like, that's what's easy, right? We'll re- you know, rename at some point. And it really was towards a, a rebrand of the firm. 
when I when we named the podcast. So you still hit the alliterative aspect of bees. Mm-hmm. You just did it with a different letter mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. abundant. Oh man. Yeah, that, I had you know I I wrote down a few of them and I just kind of ran them by some people and they're like, uh, we like abundant beans. I'm like done. And then we did a we did a whole firm rebrand in 2020. So you were the one who told me rebrands are. Oh my god. So. I just went through that whole thing and I just had a podcast name. Yeah. So <laughs> rebrands are it was a yeah. whole thing. New websites. We had to move all the podcasts from the podcast website to the new accounting website. If you yeah. have any content, it's a whole massive pain in the ass. Everything. If you have anything, it's just like when it, niching. Like mm-hmm. I I do want to go through that process, mm-hmm. but that's going to require a rebrand and it's going to require figuring out what to do with all of our existing clients. Like, you yeah. know, can't just get rid of them. No, ours has been a phase out. Okay. For sure. Eventually phase certain things out. Mm-hmm. And, ours has yeah. been a phase out. I did a really large price increase in 2020. Yeah. Um, so that helped kind of. It re- always does. Yeah. yeah. So Sometimes that- it doesn't. The worst ones stay. Yeah. No, it really was. It really got rid of our like super small business owners, like, you know, probably schedule sure. C's, which is fine. It just ended up not being a good. Fit. What do you consider a really big price increase? I think it was what, like 30, per, 20 to 30%. Okay. We now do between like five and 10, closer to mm-hmm. 10 every sure. year. And that, so that created room for yeah. us to take people on. And we actually just fired four clients. This year, we really got to the point where I was just like, you got to go. And you keep signing the agreements when I really need you to leave. <laughs> That's what I mean. Some people yeah, yeah. will keep, you know, taking the price increase because they don't want to have to deal with. Yeah. So there was just this like three of them, three or four of them. Where I was just like, sure, it's time. So it's that time. takes a lot of like guts or courage too to do that because it's not easy. It's to fire not, somebody. It's not easy. I really get to that point, though. And I've had friends that are clients, right? And they're like, oh, they feel so bad when they leave. And I'm like, even it's even harder. I'm like, it's business. Like, yeah. I have zero hard feelings about that. Um, and if you found a better fit for you, then please, by all means, please. What do you need so you can transition? Like, I'm good. Like, if you don't want to be here, or if there's a better place for you to be, please do that. I don't want people to ever feel stuck with us. Um, I think that's where it starts too, is you having the confidence to say, I'm good without you. And it's not going to hurt my feelings if you leave too. Yeah. And that's, and that's really my, it's always like, that's how it's always felt. I'm like, even if I like was having a hard time hitting profit, it's just like, if this isn't a fit for you, I'm not going to hold you hostage. Like there's just no reason to do that. What do you need? Obviously you need a better fit. And so when we, you know, kind of told these clients, it was just like, this is the direction we're going and this isn't helpful for you. Like we can't help you in the way you need to be helped. One of our, one of these clients is a construction client. We don't do costs. He wants to do um, job costing and he keeps asking me questions about it. I'm like, I don't do this. I don't want to. And I have a colleague who does do this. Go see Tim Wingate, please. By all, please. He will help you in the way you need to be helped because we can't do that. And we don't want to. So what's something that you struggle with still? Do you have any things that you still need to unlock or get unstuck? 
Yeah, I still need, you know, I think it's the, you know, the business owners catch 22 of, you know, being stuck and doing the production, still doing the taxes to my, <laughs> to my uh, quality standard. That's the it's big hard. part for us. And that's a big part for me. We're really getting to the point where this last keeper we brought on, the, the team trained her. Like, unbeknownst to me, I kept being like, do you guys... Isn't that a good feeling? I was like, do you need anything? They're like, no, we got her. And I'm like... Does me, it make you feel inadequate? <laughs> Does no, it make you feel inadequate a little bit? Not at all. I was so excited. Okay. I was like, we're really at a place where I don't have to sit down and train people. Well, you're at that with the books, but how yes. did we get there with the taxes? I know. Yeah. That would mean you have to, do you have to hire a CPA? I mean, I think hiring a tax person is much mm -hmm. harder than hiring a books person. I know. And that's the, that's where we, and that's where. Well, it, it doesn't sound like, like I, I relate. Cause I, right now I have just tax people mm -hmm. and I've, it's always been hard to replace a tax person. Mm -hmm. Like we can do outsourced overseas stuff for a mm -hmm. lot of the books Mm -hmm. But for tax, we, you know, and now we're, we're, we're in a dry spell. Mm -hmm. We haven't been able to hire a good person in well over a year. Yeah. And that's where it's just like, ugh, I'll still do that. I mean, if the books are done and everything else is done, like I hate doing the tax Taxes returns. are a puzzle. Yeah. I mean, they're a puzzle. They're not fun. Um, I don't like doing them, but it's just easier for me to do them. And I, and I hate that when it's like, oh, it's just easier for me to do them to have, than have somebody else do them. But really at this point our our profits in that consulting piece um sure. and so if i have to do the well, tax returns, if your profits not in the tax you're gonna have, have to eat into a lot of your profits by hiring a tax person right and so part of this whole thing for me is like how do i find how do i find that tax and financial unicorn like mm. myself it's hard it's less than one in every 10 people there's not a lot of people anyway i know so that's where it's like, I'll just do the returns until at some point, I'm, you know, hopefully I can outsource them. And yeah. maybe I can just, I think, I think that. there's, there's more and more ways to do that. And as, as the world turns, mm -hmm. it's going to be easier and easier to mm -hmm. outsource that in some ways, mm -hmm. automate certain parts of and it. I think I mean, yeah. Yeah. And so it's not my favorite, but it's also if we can, the scaling really comes on books, the bookkeeping and consulting end. So okay. what does that mean? So it's really about capacity and our bookkeeping processes. That's where we can add more consulting and add more profit because that's where the profit comes from. Yeah. So if I have to do some tax returns to make that all, you know, run, then it is what it is. Well, because what would you be charging a month? Let's say your, your average is about 1700 right? Mm -hmm. Is your target like two grand, something like that? Is that what you're... So our top tier clients pay closer to, I think it's 3200 Okay. So that's our monthly consulting clients. And of that, of that 3,200, how much of you are you internally allocating to like the books and the taxes? Um, the taxes are probably 5,000, 6,000 okay. of that total mm -hmm. um, for the year. Mm -hmm. And the bookkeeping is, so our minimum for bookkeeping for veterinary is like $900 a month. Okay. So. Yeah. So the, the rest, rest of, of it is consulting. gravy. Yeah. To hire somebody to help with that. That's a lot more than a tax person. too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. That unicorn that you're looking for is probably somebody that already works for you. Mm -hmm. If that. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's where if we could get, I think, yeah, 
that's the thing. If we could get some of that bookkeeping stuff off the plate, like the data entry and some of that off the plates of my current staff. Sure. Um, they could be doing some of that higher level stuff as well. Yeah. Because so. you're going to be able to teach it to them. You just have to get it out of your head. Yeah, I have and... to get it out of my head, but they also have to have the capacity. So that's where right. we've been. That's what it we've been working on. Capacity, yeah. yeah, that's what we've been well, that's working good. on. That's good. It mm-hmm. sounds like a, a good thing to be working on because then you've unlocked all of it. Once you get out of the work, mm-hmm. then what are you going to do? Because I'm in, in that situation. I don't. I haven't niched yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that, but I've gotten out of all the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my long term is you know still doing the consulting pieces. Like I love that. I love talking to the clients. I love you know the coaching stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the consulting pieces. I love the tax planning pieces. I love the startup like production stuff. I don't really need to prepare those, but meeting with the clients and helping with that stuff. I'll probably be doing that long term after, you know, beyond that. I don't know. Maybe it looks like speaking engagements. Maybe it looks like helping other firms do what we do. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. That's where my head's always been for the mm-hmm. past couple of years. As I got out of the work, I got into this whole podcast stuff mm-hmm. and the audience is accounting firms. So Yeah. And I think that's where we need a lot of help. We need more voices. Yeah. Uh, we need more people being encouraging. Because the next generation needs it. Too. The next generation needs it. I think that's important. Otherwise, we're all screwed. <laughs> but that is our generation. We are still the next generation. We really are. We really are. Those, yeah. you know, these late millennials. You know, elder early, millennials. The yeah. elder millennials. I'm technically Gen, Gen X, yeah, I guess. X. We bridged the X and the millennials. Mm-hmm. There were the zennials. Yeah. yeah. The organ trail generation. Are. I always laugh about that. But I really... I love my millennial clients. I love the millennial mindset. Like Hell I just, yeah. I'm definitely more of a millennial. Yeah, we can relate. I mean, I'm sure that's that's part of it too, is we can relate to that because mm-hmm. in some ways the Gen X, uh, a lot of them can relate more to boomers mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. And, and that boomer generation is going to leave a big gap and a big fall off of mm-hmm. retirees. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the same conversation everybody keeps having is mm-hmm. the majority of the profession is sitting in that age. Mm-hmm. And that's and, the same for veterinary, which is really interesting. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's just a cyclical thing and then eventually, you know, they, somebody figures it out and more people go into accounting because this is a stable profession. You can make some money mm-hmm. being an accountant. Mm-hmm. I just think that people are ignoring the money part of it right now and they're going to their, their passions. Well, and I think the thing is, is that we're, we haven't done a good job, right? Cause, no, because no, like if I tell you the that if, if I tell you accounting's about puzzles, people are like, <laughs> you know, their ears go up a little more. Like, oh, yeah. I get to do puzzles. I get to help the language people. of business. I get to help people. I get to not do 60 hours a week in taxis. Not here ever. We don't right. do that. Just it's been a turn and burn for too long mm-hmm. that they're just, you know. If it hadn't made any sense to me, I don't, I don't think I would have so, done it. So, I mean, it. one of your best quotes was, you're miserable if you're not helping anybody. Mm-hmm. This is why people get burnt out, because they don't feel like they're helping anybody. Mm-hmm. They're just doing the work. They're not making an impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they're just doing it for the money. Mm-hmm. And Which is not, also fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It is. But I think you get the real, it's the impact and you get that real fulfillment or sense of purpose mm-hmm. when you're helping somebody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's and when all... you feel like you're part of a team. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to let anybody else down too. Mm-mm. No, I'm out here pulling clients because. 
but that's also the communal aspect of this and like creating a little tribe like mm -hmm. that little team mm -hmm. you know then you feel everybody rises up everybody mm -hmm. you know kind of grows together and yeah we were shared sense we have our morning meetings every monday and emily my my assistant well, she was just like laughing because our one of courtney our bookkeeper so she's an mma fighter and i actually oh, went to like another conversation i know awesome. i went i went yeah. to her she had a bare knuckle bout back in october that was like the most stressful 10 minutes of the most stressful 10 minutes of my life and i went mma fights not my scene at all but i went because i went mm -hmm. there to support her and it was so fun um but yeah so today she's like i gotta go she's like i gotta get smashed into a mat and i'm like go get smashed and we were just like laughing because the team just i sign off every meeting with i love you guys bye yeah like because I love my team, I want to take care of them and they want to take care of us and our clients. That's what it's about too. Mm -hmm. You, know, you got to start with taking care of yourself, take care of your team, mm -hmm. then your clients. Mm -hmm. And I think really the bane of our existence as accountants and this works for veterinary too, is just trying to take care of the client and not yeah. really thinking about what do I want long-term. And yeah. so that's why you this know, is why people don't raise their prices. Right. And that's yeah. why a lot of the work we do with our clients and with our clients and with anybody I mentor is what do you want? Because if we don't know what you want, then we can't help you get there. But if you tell us what we want, then we can do what we can to help you. What are some tips for somebody that doesn't know what they want? <laughs> this is for our listeners too. I think you, I mean, there's a lot of therapy in this. Sure. I've been doing a lot of therapy, but... It really we is. We are not licensed therapists. I am not licensed therapists, yeah. but it really does come down to what's important to you. What do you value? How do you want to help people? And what energizes you? Like, I'm very energized by doing podcasts. I'm very, and talking about industry stuff, I'm very energized about talking to our clients and helping them move forward in some way, shape, or form and helping them feel better. Like, that's what I'm good at is mm -hmm. finding solutions and helping people. So what is it that energizes you? And how can you take your expertise to do that? A lot of the time, that's what you want. But I think also figuring out what you want comes from asking other people what they want and being a safe place to hear that. Because when I am a safe place to hear that, people will tell you things that they won't voice to other people. Right? Mm. I've had clients where we've sat down and I've been like, what do you want? Oh, nobody's ever asked me that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll get an email like 12 hours, 24 hours later. Nobody's actually asked, ever asked me very sincerely, what do I want? And wanted to hear the answer. Here's what I want. Because once you know what people want, then you can also be like, hmm, nope, that's not for me. <laughs> I don't want, I, you know, I don't want to house oh. in the boonies with the whatever, right? But that's cool if that's what you want. I support you in what you want. Well, is that how you determine if you're going to work with them? Um, sometimes, but for us, we have a lot of hoops people have to jump through mm -hmm. because then they work within our system and mm -hmm. that's a system that creates sustainability for us, mm -hmm. which means that they respect that, which means mm -hmm. that we can help them respect that for themselves. What's the start of that system? How do you start weeding people out? So the first thing we do is that pain call is the pain co paid consult. Paid consult. Mm -hmm. They have to book on acuity, which they have to do as client. They have to upload tax returns. 
acuity scheduling Mm -hmm. for anybody that confuses the other acuities. Yes. They have to upload to ShareFile, which they have to do as a client. And they have to pay for my time and show up. You ever get people that don't show up, but you still meet with them second time? Nope. Oh, really? I'm doing that on a podcast right now. Well, you canceled ahead of time, though, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's different. Yeah. If it's a paid... Okay. That's what I meant. Yeah, if somebody no, cancels... yeah, rarely. So what I found is if people pay, they show up. If people pay, they upload their tax returns. If people pay, we don't have to go after them for the things we need to do our upfront job. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Because I have skin in the game. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we charge everything upfront, even stuff that we haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do, too. Mm-hmm. everything's on a monthly with the mm-hmm. so yeah. so um, what do you do about that if you're if you're taking somebody on mid-year mm-hmm. and they haven't paid monthly mm-hmm. from january to july mm-hmm. how do you charge for the next year's tax return so all of our agreements are january through december and they include mm-hmm. all the services within that year so yep. we just all of our 2023 agreements just went out and they include the 2022 tax returns the 2022 mm-hmm, because we're doing those in 2023 oh see see we've always done it where a 2022 agreement is the 2022 tax return and then you get stuck with people canceling and thinking you're going to do your re- their returns four months later actually it's in a lot of cases they don't even care once they cancel they hmm. rare that people cancel but when they do yeah. they're just like they don't even ask about that that's interesting because i've had a lot of yeah. people like be like okay we're done or we're not going to renew but you're still going to do our return so is that was that the reason um, that you because we're going to stop doing it that was we'll, we'll sh- yeah that was part of it but the big thing is like ours is also canceled at any time so our agreement is canceled anytime but we stop all work Right. If you cancel, we're done. If we're in the middle of something, not my problem. You can cancel at any time because I don't want you to be stuck with us. But also, we're stopping work. So mm-hmm. when you cease to be a client, everything stops. I don't want to have to yeah. track in the slightly Audis, modified what's yeah. done, what's not done. It's not my slightly problem. Slightly modified. I think I always thought we were handicapping ourselves by making them pay for the prior months mm-hmm. of a return that we ha- we're not even doing until next year. Mm-hmm. So we, we just started separating the return for the first year. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, once we've scoped it out, then it's part of the monthly. Mm. Yeah, I usually return them. I usually review the prior year returns, you know, have conversations with the client. We have one right now where the bookkeeping is much larger scope than I anticipated. So we canceled their proposal and we're going to redo it once I have a better idea. Oh, that's and how was how did that go? They didn't sign it. So I'm not worried about it. <laughs> okay. You cancel the proposal before they even sign. Mm-hmm. What do you? So, I do want to ask which what pl- software platforms you're using. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Practice Ignition or mm-hmm. Ignition now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use Practice Protect as our single sign-on. Oh, okay. We've been with them for a long time now. We're into it, people. So, mm-hmm. QuickBooks Online. All of our clients are in QuickBooks Online. We use PTO, ShareFile, Carbon. Yeah, Carbon's Carbon is the backbone. Mm-hmm. The backbone. See, I use that phrase and we're working on at the at accounting high. We're working on the anatomy of a firm mm-hmm. and they're the skeleton. They are mm-hmm. legit the backbone because mm-hmm. that's their logo, too. And then the other part, like the big the big other thing we've been using a lot of is Miro. Miro. I like Miro. Yeah. yeah. So flowcharts, monthly meetings or weekly meetings stuff, you know, just really kind of anything that needs a visual. 
Yeah. Practice manager is not a big carbon dude. <laughs> so she likes to do a lot of stuff in mural, which is fine. I'm like, I don't care how it's getting tracked. Like, you do the thing as long as I okay. don't have to deal with it. And she's still figuring out carbon, but carbon. We've when been with carbon for a really long time. 2017? Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. When it was just a glorified email box? Yeah. Kind of early adopters, and then I have to wait. Because <laughs> yep. I want. Well, carbon has always been infamous. I mean, that's when we were thinking about it, but then we were like, we can't. I mean, if it's just, you no, know, like recurring work in there or anything like that. Oh, we no, have to wait we had for recurring. Um, so yeah. we had, it was the Kanban view that, yeah. that worked it, to us. I'm pretty sure it was 17 when we started too. It was, yeah. um, but it was like, I think it was like 16 or 15 when we mm -hmm. first looked at it. Mm -hmm. It was just email. Yeah, no. It had the Kanban board and the emails. And then they did the My Week this year. And I just was like, oh, I love you guys. Yeah. Um, the organizer, the calendar, has mm -hmm. been what I've been waiting for, too. Mm -hmm. like, and then we use Cognito sure Forms for okay. a bunch Similar of type stuff. Forms. Mm -hmm. Our organizers cool. and everything are up in Cognito Forms. So... Cool. Yeah. That's the it's, it's, it seems everybody's kind of like figuring out the same stuff. Everybody mm -hmm, I talk to is mm -hmm. like eventually ends up on carbon. There are others. There's a lot of people in tax dome, which is interesting to me. I haven't even that's looked at it. That's a newer one. I don't know if that's a bubble or a dome that's going to pop. Or the bubble is going to pop. I only found out about it this year. Dude, that feels this like year, the canopy thing year. to me where everybody was like yeah. super excited about canopy. And then they're like, oh, JK, it sucks. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. Canopy's so, got good cards, though. Good so playing cards. I'm going to wait. Yeah. And see what happens there. Yeah. Well, Tax Dome, the big promise was that it does everything. And I thought that was cool. But everybody that is kind of using it, it's like, eh, it's all right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to talk bad about any of them because I wanted to sponsor yeah. the show. So. <laughs> Ignition was, was a huge game changer for us because we were doing all of our proposals in Word and uploading to PDF. Sure. And then people That's were exactly what we were doing. Yeah, it was exactly like a four-hour we process to get all that it's stuff. Word shown. and then create it, print it to PDF so you could show them as a PDF and then you got to enter all that in that was on the PDF mm -hmm. into whatever mm -hmm. you were using. Mm -hmm. And I forgot what we were even using to, for people to pay and then for we were, that. Yeah, and then our recurrings were all going through QuickBooks Online. So we had to enter everything and then I had everybody's payment information in our files and that did not feel yeah. happy for me. Yep, ignition saved us. Yeah, it went from like and then, four hour process to like twenty minutes, if that. If that, yeah. and my project manager just did all of our proposals. Got templates in there already, so really you can just kind of yeah. build it out from yeah. the bottom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. And then it does it runs all the payments. People are like, but yep. the fees. I'm like, I give zero shits about the fees. I don't even think yeah. about it. Raise your prices. Mm -hmm. You care about the fees. Raise your prices. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't care what the fees are. I think it so, comes up to less than 3% anyway, total on her. Yeah, it's not mad. I don't it's care. Like 2.9 or something. I don't care. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's it's all all 100% worth Do it. Do I have we, to we not think about it? Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what and it costs. That's, <laughs> that's the same thing as like, you know, hiring that first person or outsourcing different things. Mm -hmm. Because then you've got that extra time mm -hmm. to unlock mm -hmm. other things. <laughs> I always say like, is there a lot of things I could figure out? Like the podcast and how to produce a podcast. Yep. Did I? Nope. Well, I did. I know. I know. You I did. did. I spent a long time figuring it out. Now I'm outsourcing it. Finally. Um, I outsourced it from the beginning. I loved everything about it, though. That was yeah. part of it is I was learning the audio stuff. That's what got me started <laughs> doing my raps was 
messing with a microphone mm-hmm. and then figuring out how to edit mm-hmm. and then learning all of these aspects and slowly iterating and learning more. And mm-hmm. I was like, now I can start doing my raps. 39 years later, you know. <laughs> when I, Talk about ADHD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's... It's yeah, that level up. Again. It is, though. Mm-hmm. It definitely the, is. I call so. that the ADHD level up. Speaking of... Yeah. Well, speaking of raps, I got to record one because I just wrote one today or yesterday. I got to lay it down. I did a, I did, I do parodies for all of them. So I did I a Wu-Tang for this one. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fun one. I, I, I will have done 10 this year once I finish this one and the next one. It's all new to me though. I'm just like, I'm, I'm having fun with all of it, but yeah, uh, obviously <sighs> a little bit. So, um, so give me, give me a piece of advice that you give, you've given a ton of information, but give our listeners one thing that they and summarize anything that we've said today. One thing that they can do now at their firm that will be the biggest unlock for them. Figure out what you want. Mm. Ask yourself, what do you want? Because mm-hmm. we can't, you can't. Now, is it in life or in, in the business? It's, it's, it, it's all together. Let's be 100%. No, yeah. It's all together. Because you have to, because your work gives you what you want in your life, and your life gives you what you want in your work, usually. What do you want? Where do you want to go? Because you can't steer a ship if you don't know where the ship's going. I love that. Yeah, that's the best. Best advice anybody could take, because it's all one thing. It really is. The work, the business, the life, Mm -hmm. the family, the friends, Mm -hmm. the clients. Mm -hmm. It's all just one thing yeah. if you treat it that way mm-hmm. and it, you don't have and I, and I always go back to you don't have to know exactly what that is right now but start thinking about what you like to be doing like what's the fun stuff what's what energizes you and what do you not want to be doing if I get off if a client calls and I'm like or I see their email and I'm like Ugh, they're on my list to go because Ooh, you I like know. That. So what's that first feeling that you get because you know when you interact with somebody? Yes. Yeah. Or if you have to sit down and do a project, and oh, you're what just if you get like, a good oh. feeling when you see their name, right? Mm-hmm. Then you lean into that. You too. lean into that, and you're like, why? Why about what's about this person that I like, or what is it about our, my interactions with this client? Yeah. Um, that are fun, yeah. right? Because um, I guarantee you, they feel the same way about you too. Exactly. Exactly. So it's really kind of tapping that into into your like inner knowing. And it's like, oh, you know, like every time, you know, tax season comes around, I know I'm going to have 80,000 tax returns and I'm not actually helping people yet. No, maybe let's change stuff. I love this. We don't have to do what's always been done. Make your own business rules. I've been doing that forever. I do what I, I want. <laughs> I do what I want. I do can't what I want. tell me nothing, right? I can't even tell me anything, so. It's true. <laughs> I try to start listening to myself though. If I try to set some rules or set mm-hmm. some, like I've, I've been tracking habits this year. Mm-hmm. I've been doing all the things that I said I would do and it's worked out, but I've fought it along the way, all along the way. I you fight f- it. You fought your own integrity. Yeah, I do yes. that too. God. <laughs> but it, but it, I feel so much better about myself if I do f- listen and I do follow through with something, mm-hmm. you know, it's so easy to just not do something mm-hmm. that you said you were going to do. Mm-hmm. So I always do what I said I said I was going to do now because one I want my words to marry my actions. Mm-hmm. I want to be the same person that I say I'm going to be, mm-hmm. and that's hard. It is hard, 
it's hard. We lie to ourselves. We too. do. And I think part of that too is like, who am I really? Yeah. Am I really the, like, and I, I'm very honest about who I am, right? I will not listen to my own self, right? I'll, I'll be like, oh, I need to work on this today. And I'll be like, eh, well, who do you think you are, right? Because um, I, I am that, I just am that person. But yeah, I know but that part about of yourself. me. There's mm-hmm. two selves, right? right? Or, or three or four. But that doesn't, because I said that I needed to do that thing, doesn't mean that that's the thing I actually needed to be doing. My inner yeah. knowing knows what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's the. You know, that's the therapy and the whatever, the listening to myself. Um, that's where I find my integrity is what is myself telling me I need to be doing? Do you meditate? I don't. I take a lot of okay. naps. <laughs> take a lot of That's good. I don't meditate. That's its own, that's its own form yeah, of meditation. Yeah, actually I did that today because, yeah. Nap? Yeah. I went back yeah. to bed. We had our meeting and I was like, I have a headache. I'm going back to bed because that's what my body is telling me I need to do. That's actually a good a good way to be it used to be that if i ever did that i would think i was depressed and mm-hmm. then try to figure out what was going on mm-hmm. but now i'm just listening to myself yeah i'm tired it's tired. like i need to be processing something or have a headache for a reason or my body needs me to lay down and i do that in front of my staff for a reason because i want them to also have permission to do that sure you know my staff will be like i don't feel good i'm like good go to bed like absolutely nothing we do is emergency if there's something that needs to happen tag me in carbon we'll get it done that's dope. Well, Jamie, I'm so glad that Logan brought you up on that episode <laughs> almost a year ago. Good old Logan. Yeah. Love it. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for the chat. Don't be a stranger. I won't. We'll see you soon. All right. I'll All see right. you at a conference at some point. I hope so. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>